Om. May you be happy, may you be peaceful, and may you be free from all suffering. Today I wanted to do a spontaneous sort of satsang where I say to you everything that has been coming as a realization to me lately. I do a lot of running and the reason I run actually is part of a Zen practice because there's no really stopping the thoughts and actions and feelings that come. You're running, you don't have time to think. Uh, and when you do have time to think, you realize that you have to kind of watch where you're stepping. So running is one of my Zen practices. And along these runs, I go through many stages. So I'll be running through the woods and I will really breathe in the trees. And then I'll see other people and try to make connections with them. Sometimes even avoiding them to look in their eyes. I'm not sure it's, it could be a, a biological necessity to protect oneself. Um, but the point is to let go and let be. Whatever you're doing, let go and let be. That's non-duality in action when you can really let go of the self and your self-centeredness because we're just one point in this ocean and there's many beings and they all want to be happy actually. Everybody wants to be happy. No matter what they're doing, they all want to just be happy. Now, <clears throat> there comes a point when you can realize that you're not your experience or your thoughts. This doesn't have to be complicated, but when you feel like you're welling up inside and you're becoming tight with your ideas of how the day should go or how your partner should act or what you expect of somebody, uh, these are actually very subtle things, but there comes a point when you can catch the point and notice that and then open up into a wider space. And in that wider space, everything is contained. So this tightness that you feel is contained within that wider space. There's nothing to hold on to really, nothing to get anxious or upset about. You only think that there is, which is fine. It'll pass, it'll pass. There's sort of a notion that if we relax our body and our mind, we're lazy. That's actually a really funny. <laughs> um, in a meditation last night, a non-dual meditation, the speaker was American and he was going through the meditation how to relax your body bit by bit. So first your neck and shoulders, bring attention. Is there anything you're holding on to? Then your mouth, then your eyes. And he came to the point where he said, 
you can let go. Let go of your legs. Let go of any any small tension in your arms or your neck or your face. Because there's no reason to shield yourself right now. And how profound was that? There's no reason to shield yourself right now. We should let go and let be more than just before bed or when we feel safe and comfortable with the people that we know and love. We should unshield as much as possible because really there's nothing to protect. If there's no death and there's no you, then what is there to protect? Everything is. And let me tell you that you're not going to die. And I'm not going to die. We're not going to die. Once this is established as a reality, and you can feel this, and there are some meditations you can do on death, quite good ones, getting up close and personal with your own death, then there's nothing really to hold on to because <laughs> this experience is going to go on seemingly forever. That's, it's, it's madness actually, once you think about it, because we have so many goals and so many things that we cling to. This is what the Buddha taught when he was talking about clinging and um, all the things that we cling to. So we cling to our habits, we cling to people that we know and love. We prefer certain people over others. We cling to our possessions and our homes. Uh, we cling to our routines and our jobs. We cling to our hobbies and activities and we make plans surrounding those. And sometimes we get terribly upset when they don't go accordingly. And all of these kind of make up one big bubble of you. Your, your, uh, what would I say? Your notions of what should happen, what's happening, and these all make up the past, present, and future. And to really let go of those, it can be a scary thing for some people, but to really let go of those, you have to keep broadening and keep widening inside your mind and your experience. And it's, it's really all about attention. So right now, there's incense burning in the room. I know that I'm speaking to you. I know that I have to go to work in like a minute. Um, pretty busy. I know that my friend is in the next room. So there's an air of a certain self-consciousness. I know that I have something to say. I won't necessarily know what I'm going to say next. But with that notion, I can relax. Um, but then there's more than that. Sometimes my perspective shifts to the room or what's going on outside the room, whether I hear it or not. The mind is a traveler. It can travel from here to China in a nanosecond. And it's sort of like that. You can, you can expand and expand and expand from little me sitting right here talking to big me in this vast expanse that never ever ends. That's the amazing thing. 
Now, hopefully that was helpful. We can move on to something else. In non-duality, which can be explained a little bit as the grand nothing, or everything, <laughs> which is a contradiction, um, but life is full of contradictions. Yin and yang, this and that, up and down. I'm my body, but I'm not my body. Da 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 da. And non duality as the big nothing or the big everything just means non separation. When we think of nothing, we think of a thing called nothing, like a black hole or some empty space or a vacuum, but that's still just a projection. That's, that's a thing. That's something. That's not actually nothing. So <clears throat> putting words to these teachings is quite difficult. And the Buddha mentioned this uh, in one or multiple sutras that he tried to teach and he was so baffled by what he found in Nirvana when he woke up that he didn't know how to teach. He was like, whoa, what do I do now? Well, he, that's what he must have been thinking. And there's a limited way that words can convey what we actually know and understand. And we're meant to feel, especially in the West, that language is the be-all, end-all. What I say is what I mean, and that's it. But there's many subtle things going on underneath as well. And they can't be conveyed in language. When you experience something, you're in that moment. A picture doesn't get it. Words don't get it. But you know you're having that experience. That's non-duality. But even further, who or what knows it's having that experience? Let's say you're at a concert and you're listening to beautiful violin strings, maybe some guitar uh, maybe drums, and you feel this, this moment, and how you're expressing yourself towards it. So you might go through many emotions, or you might not, but you, you hear the music. And who or what is hearing that? There's no iPhone that can take a picture of that. There's no recorder that can come back and show you what you're experiencing because when you're listening to that recorder or looking at that iPhone moment that's a new moment so who or what is always experiencing that's non-duality to get to that awareness and and any words coming forth won't necessarily explain what that is not from me not from anyone not from the Buddha you have to get it you have to get it that's why the Buddha said these teachings are like a raft. You can travel along in the raft and bring all this stuff with you. Bring these teachings with you. Some good practices. Yoga, meditation, satsang, chanting, singing, drawing, artwork, music, everything. You can use these tools, but and it's not like you'll have to abandon them. They will abandon themselves. But once they're dropped, you'll find the point of who or what dropped them. 
And that's the interesting part. So nothing is not nothing. Nothing is not everything. And don't take my word for it. The next thing I want to touch on is how many aspects of the spiritual path are involved. This is quite interesting. There's love and compassion for others, other people, which is quite anthropocentric. Um, and love for animals, which all the vegans, they love to talk about it all the time. <laughs> and uh, there's this kind of love. And you can be taught that by... There's some amazing teachers like Sharon Salzberg... She's probably the top metta or loving-kindness guru um, that I know of anyway. But you can learn these things, especially through the Buddhist path. And then there's also much more than that, though. I was reflecting on this on a run. Um, it's not just about being kind to other people. Of course, that's important. That's something that comes very naturally to me anyway. Uh, so what's more important to me is to get over small fears like uh, cycling through the forest all day. I mean, I'm not scared of doing that, really, but I'm scared of losing myself in that experience. Uh, one of the reasons I'm a musician is to lose myself on stage. So it's to get rid of this fear of being self-conscious whatsoever. Like completely, totally obliterated, exploded. Myself needs to die. That's all that I know. Um, so there's that. If you want to get into that, I can talk all about it. I can, I can help you get there, hopefully. Um... Other aspects of the spiritual path are breaking down and building, uh, breaking down habits or tendencies that you know are not right. You can just feel it. So it's honing your intuition, really. And you build new ones by releasing old ones. We all go through stages of life, many stages of life. Uh, we never stay the same age and our body recomposes itself every seven years or so, so we can never really be the same anyway. We might as well accept that we're going to change. So honing in on things that you want to change or that are changing and you can't help it and working with that and breaking down what you think should happen and what is really happening. So it usually comes in the form of habits. We use habits to protect ourselves. Actually, our bodies from physical death. Uh, you know, we have to find some food every day. We have to make sure we don't get hit by cars. <laughs> and a lot of us like to listen to our headphones while doing that, which is kind of a contradiction. I don't know if that's a spiritual contradiction or just a contradiction. But, um, you know, we want to enjoy life, but also protect ourselves. Um, so to enjoy life more to release the protection that we think we need to feel through old tendencies. That's another big part of the spiritual path. And reflection, that's another one. We often don't have time for reflection. I used to be extremely busy. Not to the point some people are, because I don't have a typical 9-to-5 job, which I put my hands together and bow for right now. 
bowing. Um, so I don't have a boss. I never did. I was my own boss. But in a way that can be more stressful because you hold yourself accountable. And... I lost my train of thought, but that happens. Breaking down tendencies. Oh, maybe it wasn't important or it will come back later. What I want to leave you with today is the notion that you are not just your thoughts and thoughts by thoughts, I mean emotion, experiences you've had in the past that you still cling to. You are not your relationships. You're not your home. You're not your kids. You're not any of these, but you are contained within a larger expanse that you can find by simply opening more and more. It feels like your mind is expanding. But not necessarily to catch anything. It's like a big bowl on the top of your head. And the bowl is progressively getting larger. And sometimes you think it will get so large that you have to be scared because you'll disappear. And maybe you will. But you can work on that. Just keep opening when you feel tightening. And you feel like you need to relax. Because you're uptight or things aren't going your way, then drop it and keep opening because all moments are, are simply passing, 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 passing. They're like visitors. You don't have to take every one so seriously. And hopefully you'll lead a more happy and healthy life, if not today, then tomorrow, if not tomorrow, then the next day. But this can be carried with you as like we say, a new habit to work with. So this was Satsang with Nyana B. I hope you enjoyed it. And join me next time on The Curious Bodhi. If you enjoyed this podcast or you want to get in touch, email me at CuriousBodhi. That's B-O-D-H-I at Zoho.com. Have a blessed day.